What's up, nerds and nerdettes? You have entered the fortress of nerditude. Welcome to another episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the nerdy South, Tyler Mack. And joined, of course, by my co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the doctor of nerdonomics, Josh Davis. What's up, Doc? That's right, I'm here, and I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Ooh, the podfather. Last time on 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we celebrated the 100th episode uh, in, in glorious fashion by talking Stream Wars yet again. We talked the numbers, and the numbers do not lie, uh, and, and where we sit with the big eight, we discussed what we have, what we don't have in streaming services, and by the sound of it, what millions of people around the world have and don't have. So you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to follow along with the conversation or keep up with the nerds of 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we are all over social media. Juice, do tell, where can they find us? Well, that's pretty simple, buddy. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and even TikTok. The easiest way to find us, of course, is to go to 30andnerdypodcast.com, and that's the number 3030. Slide on over to the directory, and you can easily find all of our social media whereabouts. Uh, that's not all. While you're there, you can subscribe to the Nerdly Newsletter. Check out the many organizations we support. Stay up to date on nerd vocabulary words and learn all there is to learn about the 30 Nerdy Podcast and other friends of the show like the Council of Nerds and previous guests. That's right, Juice. If you want to be a best friend of the show, though, you can sign up to be a patron of the show. If you're interested in supporting the show monetarily, you can do so by swinging on over to patreon.com slash badcastcompany. There are many different ways to be a patron and support the show with many different rewards for each tier. Now, right now, we are running a little contest. We're sitting at six patrons strong as of right now, but you can change that. When we get to ten patrons, we're going to do a, a couple of things. We're going to create a Patreon-exclusive show for you and you alone. We are going to put all the names of our patrons in a hat and draw a winner. The winner will get a massive prize package from 30 and Nerdy Podcast and its sponsors. So consider signing up today at patreon.com slash badcastcompany. Even if it's at $1 a month, you can be a patron of the show. And while you're surfing around on the web... Check out podchaser.com. While there, you can rate and review this show along with individual episodes. You will also be able to find great shows and independent podcasters such as ODPH, Three Fat Nerds, and the East Coast Avengers. You can also find great playlist communities like The Apocalypse or Pod Nation. In those playlists, you will find podcasts with great content and fantastic hosts. So a huge shout out to those communities we are a part of on podchaser.com as well as on Twitter. Keep up the great work. Last but certainly not least, if you are into pops and collectibles, follow our boy at Rev underscore collection for all things in the realm of collectibles. That's R-E-V underscore C-O-L-L-3-C-T-I-O-N. He's your place to go for things like pops, Pokemon cards, figures, the works. It's easy. Go to your Instagram, search Rev underscore collection, and hit the follow button. You will not regret it. Now... With that business over with, let's have some fun. DJ Mike Howie, take us to the show.
It's time to nerd up or shut up. Let's get dangerous. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Reach out using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can also find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apocalypse and Pod Nation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com or check out the website at 30andNerdyPodcast.com. Now, sit back, crank it to 11, the nerds are here. Welcome, 30 Nerdy Podcast. Welcome, nerds. Juice, how's life, man? Great, man. My friend, I'm so excited to be back full time. Like, I don't know if we really touched on it enough last episode, but... We did not. I'm just so stoked to, to be back and, and being a part of the show again, and I've missed it. It's been like a big piece of my life has been missing for real. And I've been so out of the loop on all the nerd stuff because I've been so busy with the new job and everything. Mm. And this motivates me to keep up and uh, be in the know so we can help out our nerdly friends out there. They agree. So I'm super, I, I, super I, happy about that. I, I feel feel terrible for not touching on it too much in the last episode. But we just had so much to talk about. But yes, the juice is loose on 30 and Nerdy <laughs> Podcast full time now. Yeah. So, uh, very happy to have you back without getting too sappy. It felt like old times last week. It felt yeah. like things were complete again. Yeah. And that's not to 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 talk down on on many of the different people who have been part of 30 and Nerdy Podcast over the last year. Uh, very thankful, and we are going to have more guests at different moments and crossovers and stuff like that. But the juice is loose on 30 and Nerdy Pod again, and it, it, as I said last week, the Doc and the Duke are writing again, and, and it feels it feels, it feels good for you to have you back, man. Well, that's just fine. That's just fine. All it's right. Memorial Day weekend, everybody. It is. Happy hope, Memorial Day. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Uh, thank you to all the servicemen and women, yeah. veterans, um, of, of every war, and uh, without you all, uh, you know, we might not even have the freedom to be doing a podcast where we just get to talk about whatever the heck we want. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but this past week I've been on, was on a cleanse. A cleanse, you say? Juice cleanse. I don't. <laughs> Juice from the raw. Uh, dot com, and I had four bottles of this juices. For the last five days. Yesterday was my first physical meal. And Ooh. what didn't help was... And I was crazy for doing it when I did it. Because I'd just come off the stomach flu. So I really, in yeah. the last two weeks... Yesterday was my first solid meal. 
and <laughs> I have lost nine pounds. Nine pounds. Well, that's great, but that <laughs> answers a lot because when you got here, I said, "Oh, how are you doing?" You're like, "Oh, I'm really tired." Well, no wonder you're tired. You didn't yeah. eat for yeah five two weeks days. almost two weeks. Yeah, because the stomach flu was about four or five days oh, long. Yeah. I really didn't eat on that, and then I went straight into the cleanse. Jeez. A glutton good for punishment. Grief. Must be. <laughs> but yesterday, uh, I felt good. I feel good. I'm just a different kind of tired. It's like I'm not carb energy for the past two weeks. It's not yeah. been that artificial energy. I've okay. had to let it be natural energy. And uh, uh, it does feel different. I, I do say I, can, I, can, I do feel a little lighter, which is good. Uh, the scale says in the last two weeks I've lost nine pounds, hey. which I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I still have a ways to go. Uh, I kind of just looked myself in the mirror a couple weeks ago and said, um, summer's coming and you're not comfortable in your body and you've been putting it off and you have a serious addiction to food. <laughs> so it's time to, you know, have your own little hot girl summer and it's time. It's time. Do you, do you know how I know this is the 30 and nerdy podcast? Because instead of talking about like cool hip things that we used to do, we're talking about <laughs> cleanses and losing weight and drinking Coke Zero and I'm being taken off my blood pressure medicine. You know? Really? Yeah. That's so that's how thing. I know we're that's like we're old guys now. Yeah, we have to. We can't rally the no. way we used to. No. Um, things, pains, certain pains, certain illnesses last longer on us now. Uh, which the weird thing is I had never had a stomach flu. I had always heard of people having the welcome, bug welcome or to the, the stomach club. flu. And I have no memory of the day Maddie actually drove me to the doctor. I was just so out of it and so achy and so miserable. And I don't like being taken care of. I don't like not being able to get up on my own and grab something to drink or having to rest so much and drink fluids and rest and drink fluids i hate it absolutely hate it so i feel good well isn't it nice to be the king <laughs> oh i hate being taken care of and having to do things for myself what a miserable experience <laughs> i feel good but like i told you when i got here i'm just tired mm. uh, i'm tired but I feel good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, what have you been into this week, since we last talked? Well, I'm officially on summer break, folks, so I've been doing a whole lot of nothing. Mm. Uh, my wife is still uh, going strong at school. She's got another week, because uh. her her county started like two weeks after mine, so I finished okay. earlier, so I've just been home with Emma and daddy daughter time that's yeah that's been about it really nothing catching up on all the nerd stuff nice mowing your yard i have mowed my yard on my fancy new mower mm -hmm. at least once since we last spoke that's another way to learn that we are old is we're excited about things like so riding stoked. i talked about that mower for about a week straight i'll tell you that like I'm there she is, I'm, looking good. You every come see time her? that I look in the mirror, I slowly start to resemble Hank Hill a little bit more. <laughs> so, there's that. We got that going for us. But speaking of catching up on nerd stuff. Yes. Did you see this Eternals trailer? I did. <sighs> Josh. What? 
I am not feeling the angsty excitement like I used to with the upcoming slate mm. until probably Spider-Man. And even then I'm like, okay, with all the news surrounding it, is it going to be, you know, I've talked with you a thousand times about it being, is it going to be too watered down with people coming back? All the crossover stuff. All the crossover stuff. So even then I'm like, this year, 2021, I'm not just, I'm not stoked for Shang-Chi or Eternals or I'm I'm a little stoked for Spider-Man, but I'm really like, okay, past that, I could see myself being elated when we get to Doctor Strange 2. Sure. But this just... And and I don't want to sound negative because I, I am going to be there and I am looking no, forward I understand, to it. No, I understand what you mean because I'm kind of the same way about Eternals and... Um, Maybe it's because we didn't read them. Yeah, it's I know like nothing that's not about our them. stuff. You know, yeah. and all the big names have already been introduced at mm-hmm. this point. Now, when we get to some hints of the X-Men coming in yeah. and Fantastic Four, I think we'll be a little more... Uh, excited yeah we'll, we'll be a little more lively about that but we also have Loki coming up in a mm-hmm. couple weeks or so uh, we got a lot of good stuff on the horizon but I understand what you're, what you're saying I, I watched the trailer for the first time today actually and yeah I didn't get that giddy like oh my god you yeah. know kind of excited but like I was like okay it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. We got some big names in there. We got some Huge some names. Uh, some Game of Thrones people. We got some Angelina Jolie. We yeah. got some Selma Hayek. I mean, they ain't in there just yeah. for nothing, you know. Yeah. Like I think it's gonna be great. And I have heard that it's gonna be one of those sleepers. Like people go into it, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like oh, you know, nobody really knows or cares about these yeah. guys. And then it's like wow, this is the best thing I've ever seen. You've mentioned this source has told you to don't, not sleep on it. You, you talked like, uh, I've heard it's really yeah. good. Who's your source? Well, it's probably my former professor at Full Sail uh, University. He's a shareholder, is he not? Or he's a shareholder in a lot of things. Lot this of dude things. retired from working on the stock market in his like 30s. I think he was 33. He retired. Jeez. And he lives in Orlando and he has a Disney pass and Universal pass and when he's not at Full Sail, he goes to the parks and just walks around. And he goes to the movies and concerts and he went to WrestleMania and he takes pictures with a lot of the wrestlers and well, he's he has a that really full cool guy. connection. He's NXT a, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he plays uh, bass at his church on Sunday. Huh? Yeah, at, retired and, at, from the stock markets at thirty. And and when they send out the like uh, the to vote for the Grammys and stuff, yeah. he's somebody who gets to vote <gasps> for the Grammys. He's a big deal. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to trust him and not go in. I've I've tried. This new way of life not going in with these preconceived notions of things, whether it be Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Netflix shows, because I've stopped, I've stopped reading reviews until I see it. I've Mm. stopped listening to people who, if if someone's seen, if a podcast I listen to, like say it's Tell Them Steve Dave, if Brian Quinn has seen the movie before I have, I stop their episode. I'm just like, I don't want to hear his opinion just yet. I want to wait and make my own. So I'm going to do that with Eternals. But I know that a lot of people may not know the in-depth characters of Eternals. So I thought we could go through and talk a little bit about them. Uh, For instance, 
the first one, uh, if you see the picture that we posted this past week, it's it's uh, comes from the Everything MCU Facebook page. It's number one, two, three, four, blah blah blah, from left to right. And so, if you look at that page for reference, it's uh, we start with Kingo, and he is played by Kumail Nanjiani, and he can project cosmic energy, and he loves being famous. Yeah, his. Uh his secret identity or whatever uh, on Earth is he's like a, a Bollywood movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Learned that today. So up next. So the next one is, I hope I'm saying this right. Makari? I'm pretty sure. I'm really not sure, guys. Played by Lauren Ridloff. Uh, Makari, she has super speed and she's deaf. Yes. Deaf so that the sonic boom of her speed has no effect on her ears. Ooh, I've yeah. never thought about that before. Yeah, we what? never think about the details of like... Does The Flash ever talk about that? No, not that I remember. I, mm. I haven't read a ton of The Flash, but well, no, we've never really heard like, oh, you know, it is deafening. Now, in the I... show, they did talk about his shoes burning up when he ran yeah. fast. and he has to eat a lot. Yeah. He has to have a high-calorie diet. Yeah, yeah, because um, he burns so much when he runs. But uh, it's cool that they have a speedster. Yeah. Every team needs a speedster. Uh, we also have Gilgamesh, played by Ma Dong Suik. Uh, he is the strongest and kindest Eternal. Okay. So kind of like the opposite of the Hulk. Sure. I don't know anything about him, so mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see. And then we have Thena, played by the one and only Angelina Jolie. She's a fierce warrior who can manifest handheld weapons. She's like their... Uh, their number one warrior, mm-hmm. and uh, must be a big deal if Angelina Jolie's playing the role. So yeah, um, looks. I good. think it'd be interesting to get people's opinions on who's in it as a fandom and who's in it for a check. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. So up next we have Icarus, played by Richard Madden, a Stark of Winterfell. <laughs> uh, he is the tactical leader of the Eternals. He's the strongest. He can fly and shoots energy beams from his eyes. Kind of like Superman without a cape. He's the strongest. I thought Gilgamesh was the strongest. What is this? Yeah. Uh, When I I read that breakdown, I was like, it's it's probably a different kind of strong. But, so, he's capeless, but he flies and shoots lasers out of his eyes. So he's like a capeless Superman or... Icarus, I wonder if that's a play on, like, you know, Icarus with the wings, don't fly too close to the sun. You know, maybe know. is it a personality trait, like maybe he's a little cocky? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I know in the trailer he makes the joke about leading the Avengers. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. He's prideful. Yeah, hey, he's prideful. look at that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next we have Ajak, played by Salma Hayek. Uh, Ajak is the spiritual leader and the healer. For the Eternals and anybody else that she wants to heal. And I do know that this character was originally a male, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, okay, so we're swapping genders. Cool with that. Sam Hayek's a big name, so that's good. I love Sam Hayek. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, she's in Dogma. She the definitely uh, Bob movie. played Frida. Uh, yeah, Frida so, Kahlo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next is Cersei, played by Gemma Chan. Uh, manipulates Matter. And she is in love with okay, Icarus. Okay, so they're the ones, the little lovebirds that yes. were sort of smooching in the trailer. Now, Jimma Chan, she was Minerva in uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. The sniper? Yes. That was her. So, two, was. two MCU roles for one person. I don't know how I feel about that. 
we've we've has anybody else done that? Not MCU. We've we have seen Brolin as Thanos, Brolin as uh, Cable. Yeah. We've had Chris as Human Torch in the early years, and Chris okay. as Cap. But, but MCU not, to no MCU, MCU, I don't think right. so. I don't. Okay. I don't think that's been doubled up yet. Okay. Uh, up next, uh, Sprite. Sprite played by Leah McHugh. Uh, Sprite cast lifelike illusions and is trapped inside the body of a 12-year-old little girl. <laughs> Aren't we all? So. <laughs> I'm excited maybe most uh, after seeing the trailer for this little character because obviously they are eternal. They are quote-unquote immortal. They have been around for thousands of years. But this entity if you will, is is trapped in a child's body, but not a child. Probably talks like an ancient adult, acts like an ancient adult, but stuck in this child's body. Or maybe she's like Stewie on Family Guy. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, she was the one who, um, in the trailer, we were talking about uh, Madden making the comment about leading the Avengers. She's the one who's like, hey, oh, with, with Iron Man yeah. gone and with Cap gone. So that says a lot. They know... That the Avengers have fought Thanos. They know that they're gone. And where were they? Exactly. Mm. They better answer it very well and make it make sense why Thanos wasn't as big enough reason to interfere. I mean, again, we don't know a lot about the Eternals ourselves, but it could be like, you know, like the Watcher, you know, they are not allowed to interfere Mm. in in the the human, you know, events they're not supposed to interfere so maybe that's the deal i don't know the reason they interfere you know because in the trailer it says we've never interfered until now this better be a good reason if i leave this movie thinking that was not a good enough reason compared to thanos to interfere Mm -hmm. like they say we've never interfered until now (laughs) this better be a cataclysmic event. This fall, it all changes. <laughs> this better not be like, they tripped an old woman, so we now interfered. <laughs> it better be such a good there reason. There was a cat stuck <laughs> in a tree. So, up next we have Festus, played by Brian Tyree Henry, who was just in Kong vs. Godzilla. He was the podcast host uh, in the movie. Gotcha. Very funny moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Creates and manifests whatever... He can imagine. Was he not also the voice of Miles' dad in Into the Spider-Verse? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. He yes. was. Can't forget that. Can create and manifest whatever. Like, just like, uh, I'm thirsty. People? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> could, he, could he create people? Ooh. Whatever he can imagine. Could you know, he? Do some Loki magic there. <gasps> mm. He might be a very, he might be a sleeper of like... Keep your eye on this guy. He's yeah. He could be the reason we see crazy cameos in this movie. He could be. So, and last... We have uh, Drug. Drug? Drug. Yeah. D-R-U-I-G. Played by Barry Keoghan. And he is, I guess, some kind of t- uh, uh, telepath. He controls the minds of men. I always like a good telepath. You are a fan of telepathy. I am. I, I like the telepathy. So this of one of men only. What? No, Jean Grey. No, I'm saying like he controls the mind of men. Oh, well, I don't only. know. That's what the note says. Yeah, could that's, be. That's kind of fun because 
presidents. It keeps you from like, prime oh, I can't, I can't mess with women. But, I, but men, there's a lot to be said there. Men mm. are easy to control. Yeah, well, that's true. Women, not so much. No, not at all. Uh, we will also be meeting Dane Whitman, who becomes the Black Knight. He is played by Jon Snow himself, Kit Harington. He knows nothing. Knows nothing. So, we will be getting a reunion of Jon Snow and Rob Stark. A little info on the Black Knight here uh, for you going into this movie. He has been a long-time member of the Avengers in the comics. He's an excellent swordsman and horseman. He's a genius physicist and geneticist. Uh, it'll be cool to see him in Banner talking. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Or if he ever meets Suri, like him, Suri, and Banner in a room together. That'd be interesting. There's a lot of uh, genius... Yeah. Physicists and scientists and stuff in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's interesting. He is an adept strategist and tactician. He has wielded the ebony blade and the shield of night, and he has magic senses. Now, is he not a human, though? I'm pretty the sure. The sword gives him the power? What? It's, yeah, I think it's kind of like, it's like uh, a little King Arthur thing, yeah. like Excalibur coming out of the water, because I think the ebony blade, doesn't it come from Atlantis? I There's think. some connection to Atlantis with all these people. Yes, I know that. Uh, this Namor this is also the the one of the movies that's been like, oh, will we see Namor? Oh, I hope so. Uh, it's it's been this and Black Panther two have been like, is this the t- one of the two movies? Who's gonna play Namor? Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I would rather. Um, what about um, Zachary Quinto? Ooh, maybe I'm good. just saying that because he was Spock. Spock, Spock kind of looks like Namor a little bit to me, I guess. I don't know. Quinto could pull it off, maybe. Has he been anything? I haven't you? read a lot of Namor. I know that he was, you know, the the answer to Aquaman. Um, so I think to speak. he was before. actually no. Aquaman was the answer to Namor. Yes. Um, but I just, there was something about him I didn't like as much as Aquaman. And I don't love Aquaman. Right. So, right, right. I just never was like, oh, the people, people in the sea. people didn't until recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be, it's funny because, think about Game of Thrones. Uh, shout out to Logan. We're not going too in-depth about Game of Thrones here. But if you remember. Um, I refuse to discuss Game of Thrones with Logan. <laughs> if you remember back in season one of Game of Thrones, before John goes to the wall. Rob looks at him and says, the next time I see you, you'll be wearing black. He never gets to see him again. They never see each other before Rob dies. Yeah. But in this movie, he's playing the Black Knight. Ah. Ah, I went a long way around wow. for that one. But, but I just think it's funny. I've seen memes. People have been like, oh. People are quick on that stuff. They are. They are. So hey, when does this come out? November? Yeah, it's November. So we get Loki. And then Shang Chi, Shang Chi, and then this. When's Shang Chi? August, September? September, I believe. Okay, I can't I remember. Believe. Can't keep it all straight. I can't either. Um, but we're gonna Black Widow, July. Like a month and a half. Yeah, we will go from Loki into Black Widow. Yeah. And then we will get Shang Chi, and then this, and then Spider Man, and Hawkeye somewhere in there, and also What If? What If? I can't wait for that. Uh, I saw another trailer. The other day, or maybe it was just a uh, trailer we've already seen just getting replayed. I I am very excited for What If. Uh, I, I got to see the little bit of, like, T'Challa being found mm-hmm. instead of Star-Lord. And they played that little segment, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, oh. 
It's going to be so good. That's I can, gonna just, be I can feel it. I can't wait to see zombies. Uh, so that's just a little info about the Eternals. For those of you who may not know them, those of you who are mainstream MCU watchers but not comic readers. I yeah. uh, hope that helped you out a little bit. Let's get to a nerdcabulary word. Now this one is <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot of fun. A blurred nerd. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Oh. A blurred nerd. A blurred nerd is a drunken nerd. A nerd who is obviously partaken in adult spirits and is having drunken debates and rants on nerd culture. You have to be careful with blurred nerds because they will not keep their opinions to themselves. And if you, if you disagree with anything while they are on these adult spirits, good luck. Because, uh, I mean, imagine... A blurred nerd version of the Rev. Oh. Talking with a sober version of the Doctor oh. about Captain America versus the Hulk. Or I you... wonder if Captain America uses his shield as like a big bowl. <laughs> <laughs> or like we just said, Game of Thrones. Yeah. A blurred nerd is you can't. There's no discussing calmly right. things with them. You don't want to be a blurred nerd. No, no. So, for those of you that may partake in the adult spirits and go on rants of nerd culture, or anything really, take into consideration yeah. other people's opinions. Just keep that in mind. But blurred nerd. <laughs> Use it in a sentence this week. Goodness. When someone's like, where in God's name? Did you come up with a term like that? Ah, uh, 30 Nerdy Podcast. You should listen to it. The Duke has a nerd vocabulary word every week, and uh, they're pretty interesting. And he's, he, he hit the nail on the hammer with this one. Yeah. Describing you, my friend, you blurred nerd. <laughs> blurred nerd. Wow. So, why don't we get to some nerdly news? Let's do it. This is the nerdy news. This is the nerdy news. This is the nerdy news. Welcome to the nerdly news. All right, with the end of the road tour well at an end, uh, the complete Supernatural box set is now available. The full box set includes all 15 seasons, behind-the-scenes, blooper reels, unaired footage, outtakes, interviews, a look at the Supernatural anime, and more. You can own it for the low, low price of $269 on Prime, or find it wherever DVDs are sold, if you're still into DVDs. Uh, the full series can also be found on Vudu and streamed on Netflix until the contract runs out, and it inevitably makes the jump to HBO Max. I am, I am still... Working on season two. <laughs> Trudging my way through Supernatural. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen this time for real. Uh, I'm still on season two. I started like four or five months ago. I'm going to make it happen, though. This time I mean it. I okay. will get through all 37 seasons. 10 I specials. just said it's 15 seasons. <laughs> well, good. Okay. I, I, I believe you a little more this time. I'm determined. I, I really think now that summer's here, I'll probably pick it up a little bit more. Good. Good. 
WandaVision head writer Jack Schaefer has signed a three-year overall TV deal with Marvel Studios and 20th Century Television. Praise the Lord. Under this deal, <laughs> Schaefer will develop projects for both Marvel Studios and 20th Century Television exclusively for Disney Plus and other streaming service platforms. This is excellent news. It is. WandaVision was my favorite thing from this past year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> to her giving us more stuff like that. I think it'll be good. Uh, it will definitely open us up to more intriguing things coming to Disney Plus and things like that. We, After all, we already know that there's going to be a Wakanda series taking place after Black Panther 2 or possibly mm, before. Maybe we'll get an X-Men series. And we know that uh, Akoi is making the return to that. And that, that made me think, what if in Black Panther 2, series just not ready yet? And what if either M'Baku or Koei takes over first? Before Suri ages a little bit. Well, they definitely crushed any idea of Killmonger coming back, right? Yeah. Okay. They did. He's trying to be Superman, isn't he? No, he actually doesn't want to do it. He's not? Okay. He does not want to do it. He doesn't believe in... And I don't want to go too much on a tangent, because I have promised I would stay Switzerland about this, even though I have my opinions. He says there is... In his interview, he said, I'm not trying to be Clark Kent. There's already a quality black Superman in the comics with a great story. So instead of making Clark Kent black, I would not mind playing Von L, who's tearing it up in the comics, the same way that Lucius Fox's son is Batman in the mm-hmm. comics right now. Instead mm-hmm. of making it kind of like, for instance, Spider Man. Just to, I don't want to, again, I don't want to get too deep. Would you feel the same? excitement to see a black Peter Parker as you did Miles Morales. No. There's yeah, already a good... That's, yeah. There's already Miles Morales, yeah. so why not... So there's already a black Superman that's not Clark Kent. Yeah. And he has great stories. So why don't we do that? Yeah, that makes sense. And again, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, a black Clark Kent would yeah. be terrible because it's a fictional no, character like, at the end of the day. No, let's get this straight. Yeah. Uh, live action Miles, I would be completely stoked about. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah 100%. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So exciting, exciting yeah, stuff. Great stuff. Ri- that again. They've got great writers. <sighs> Moving on. It has finally been announced that Craven the Hunter movie is not just happening at Sony, but has a date and cast announcement. Craven, a known villain and frenemy of Spider-Man, will be played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, otherwise known as Quicksilver in Avengers: Age of Ultron. He will be stepping in to play the ultimate hunter in the Sony Heroverse, even though a date of January 13th, 2023 has been announced. Little is known about the project or where it will fall in the world of Sony and Marvel heroes. Do we really need a Craven the Hunter movie? I'm not clamoring for do, it. Do we really? You know, it's a little late now, but do we really need a Morpheus movie? Oh, no. I, I, Morbius, I, am, I mean, sorry. I am not excited about Morbius. Well, I'm not excited know. about Craven. Um... I just, uh, I just wish, and this is, this is me uh, completely eating a lot of the things I said in a certain debate we had during season one. I just wish Disney would freaking buy Sony at this point, yeah. or at least the Marvel properties from Sony, not Sony, but say like, all right. What's and, it going to be? Right, and plus I keep hearing this idea that they're going to connect all that yeah. stuff together. There's a and new like agreement. Venom to it and everything. And, you know, Aaron Taylor Johnson's already been Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. 
And if they connected to the MCU, I don't, I'm not going to like that. No. Um, but, you know, I just don't feel like... Because a, a movie the about the villains... The only reason we like, have Craven is to get to Sinister, Sinister Six. Well, sure, but I feel like a movie about a villain, just a standalone villain, it doesn't work great because you're missing the hero. That's how you feel you know, about Venom. That's how I felt about Venom. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess, for the most part. But like I, the whole time, I was like, it just—it's missing Spider-Man. Agreed. You know. Yeah. So, that's just how I feel. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the past week, pop culture lost some impactful names. Samuel E. Wright, voice of Sebastian the Crab and Little Mermaid, passed away at the age of seventy-four. Mark York, who played Billy Merchant in The Office, oh. He's, he's passed away at uh, 55. Kevin Clark, known for playing the drummer Freddy in School of Rock, has passed away at the age of 32 in a bike accident. Tragic. We are 32. Man. God. It's uh, terrible. And I remember that kid. Yeah. From that movie. Yeah. I play the drums. It's <laughs> because you're too stupid to play anything else. <laughs> Shut <movie>. up. <laughs> Man, well, oh, rest in peace movie. to all of all of those gentlemen. Billy Merchant shocked me. Do you remember him? I did. He was the guy in the, the wheelchair, wheelchair that yeah. Michael he owned. He, he owned the office uh, complex. How, how long does it? How long does it take you to brush your teeth? <laughs> oh, I don't know, like a, a minute, minute and a half. That's like ten times as long as it takes me. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to all of yeah. all of those great lost uh, in pop culture. Uh, Dragon Con will be live and in person from September 2nd to September 6th, and Dragon Con Viral will be back online to stream tons of Dragon Con goodness to a platform near you. It's a hybrid approach that lets every fan choose their own adventure. The goal is to have a safe and fun convention this year while catering to both online fans and in-person fans. Wow. Dragon Con's a lot of fun. It's great. It's, big. it's a great step that they're doing a hybrid. Uh, we know that I would say within a few weeks we will probably get more out of New York Comic Con. More news coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to try the hardest I've ever tried to get press for one of those. Oh, that'd be awesome. So we can we can talk so much about that. Uh, so here's crossing the fingers. Ooh. To, to hoping for that. Uh, but good news. Good yeah. news. Things are things are opening up. Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be producing and starring as the voice to Crypto the Superdog in an animated DC League of Super Pets movie. Yeah. The superhero action adventure from writer-director Jared Stern hits theaters on May 20th, 2022. Yay. I heard a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yay. You know, I've been clamoring for a DC Pets movie. I am Yay. sure that they're probably going to aim this, gear this towards the same audience as like Teen Titans and mm. stuff like that on mm. on uh, the animated end. Yeah. All right. Timothy Chalamet is set to star in Wonka, a prequel film to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory based on Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The movie will follow a young Wonka on adventures before he becomes a factory owner, slave driver, and child murderer. Uh, I think, uh, one, Timothy's... I've not seen a whole lot of stuff he does, but I'm sure he'll be great. Uh, I know the, the ladies love him in this generation. But were we clamoring for a Wonka prequel? No. 
but I will say that I, I hope that he draws from the Gene Wilder yes. Willy Wonka and not the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Agreed. Because that one was weird. Very weird. Amazon has purchased MGM Studios for $8.45 billion. Mm. NBD. Uh, for Amazon, snapping up MGM, which has more than 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows in its catalog, is a way to supercharge its prime video service with a slew of well-known entertainment, including the golden goose of MGM, James Bond. James Bond himself. Ugh. $8.45 billion. Man, that's money that they should be spending on the Lord of the Rings show that we were promised. Oh, yeah. We were promised a Lord of the Rings and show. I'm pretty sure that's not happening no, now, No, right? it's not. Yeah. It got canceled a few weeks ago. Yeah, I got some, I got some beef with Amazon. I got some things to say to Amazon. Yeah, I'm not too happy. <laughs> They're going to get a strongly worded letter. Oh, yeah. At the very least. <laughs> that, those opinions in that letter are of Josh Davis, not of 30 and 30 Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the CW has commissioned three new TV specials for late 2021. The Scooby-Doo Reunion Special, The Walton's Homecoming, and Bebo Saves Christmas. In the Scooby-Doo Reunion Special, the Mystery Inc. gang reunites at WB Studios to reminisce about their favorite cases and how they were filmed. Sounds like a meta. Very meta. Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall and stuff. But it turns out the backlot may have its own monster problem. Here's looking at you. Warner Brothers, you're the monster in the in the back lot. Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Scoob investigate the mystery while celebrating the legacy of their franchise during this one-hour special. In other CW news, the pilot of Powerpuff, the live-action series based on the popular Cartoon Network animated show The Powerpuff Girls, is being overhauled and reshot because the initial plot was too campy and not as rooted in reality as the network execs would have liked. You know, I heard a little bit about that uh, with the Powerpuff Girls, that some images sort of were leaked and people... Were not happy. Not, ...did not approve. Kind of like Sonic. Yeah. So, Powerpuff Girls has potential to be like a big deal. Like, they could really do something special with that in this new modern era of everybody loves superheroes and... Live action, you especially. You know, yeah. So... Let's and, hope they uh, get it right. What's her name from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is playing Blossom. The lead, Chloe. She was the lead in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was playing right, Blossom. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, love Scooby-Doo. Uh, very interested in the Powerpuff. But I have some things to say about a few things. One, uh, the monster haunting the WB Studios is Warner Brothers yeah. and Sarnoff and Hamada. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Um, and... I think it's funny that they are being very vocal about and I get that people didn't like what they saw of Powerpuff, but like network execs didn't like something, so they're having them reshoot it. Very Warner Brothers. Very Warner Brothers. But at the end of the day, I'm sure I, I see you didn't appreciate the Walton's homecoming special. Well, I didn't I, <laughs> I didn't want to go to I mean that's what everybody's, yeah, everybody's really waiting for. Everybody's really waiting for the Waltons. <laughs> Moving on, Amanda Siegel is set to pin one of the prequels to Game of Thrones called 10,000 Ships at HBO, so a prequel uh, series to mm -hmm. the original show. The show will follow Princess Nymeria, who journeyed with the Rhoynar to Dorne and married Lord Mars 
Moore's Martell. Uh, no other information has been released about this particular prequel at this time. Now, how many different prequels and sequel series Three? have we heard about at this Three. point? There's a Targaryen prequel, this one, and another one that's supposed to be written on right now. I feel like their time has passed. Yeah. And with how poorly received the finale was in the whole last season, yeah. I feel like they killed all their momentum. <laughs> this show, though, like, what's 10,000 ships going <laughs> to What a name. We're like, 10,000 ships. <laughs> well, in this world where there's dragons flying around, I don't think their 10,000 ships is going to do a lot. No. So we'll see Not what happens. Intriguing. But Martell, that's a name. That's a big name drop for the Game of Thrones. Yeah world Nymeria uh, wasn't that what Arya named her wolf yes Nymeria yeah think, yeah it, I, I don't know kind of like you said I'm not exactly clamoring for this because of the it's time it's you know it's past time uh, moving on Netflix has announced it will host an inaugural geeked week from June 7th to June 11th across social media channels it will feature such shows as Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, Lucifer, Masters of the Universe, Revelation by Kevin Smith, The Sandman, and much more. The goal of Geeked Week, which is completely virtual and free of charge, is to celebrate and connect the diehard fan communities of Netflix properties by providing them with exclusive news, trailers, live art, and celebrity cameos. All Geeked news will be published on geekedweek.com in addition to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more. This is a good opportunity to maybe give us a little, little Umbrella Season 3 yeah, yeah. info. Maybe a little, little interview from a cast, especially Five. He likes to do the press stuff a lot. This is a good opportunity. I'm also sort of... I am uh, also kind of anxious to see what they're going to do with Elliot Page. Because it seems like Elliot has fully transitioned, you know. Somewhat. I don't feel like the character is going... Vanya. Yeah, so I'm wondering how that's going to work. Um, it will be interesting. I'll be interested to see that. Uh, and it will be very interesting to me how much time has passed and Gallagher has aged quite a bit mm -hmm. since season two. Mm -hmm. uh, five's growing up mm -hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and technically season three is supposed to be like immediately after season two ended. The Sparrow Academy. Mm -hmm. And what did they do to screw this timeline up? Guess he just had a growth spurt in that yeah. in about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, also, super stoked about Sandman. Very I stoked. I hope that when the time comes, maybe we do like a full episode on Sandman. Like the show... The comic, the history. all of it. Like yeah. I hope we do that because I fell in love with that. Have comic you listened series. to the Audible? Not yet. Ooh, that voice cast. Oh my god. Yeah, I, it's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, well, you have summer to, <laughs> to work through. All well, this I got stuff. I got to get through Supernatural this summer, so I'm <laughs> I'm completely booked. <laughs> Last item of news here: the WWE has announced that SummerSlam 2021 will take place on Saturday, August 21st. From a summer destination location. Interesting, it's Saturday, not mm -hmm. a Sunday. The venue will be announced during the 2021 Belmont Stakes pre-race show on NBC this Saturday, June the 5th. Tickets for SummerSlam will go on sale Friday, June 18th. And the event will stream live exclusively on the Peacock in the U.S. and on WWE Network everywhere else. Tickets for the live summer tour go on sale Friday, June 11th. For more information, check out WWE.com. 
Saturday. Intriguing. Yeah. Very intriguing. I wonder... I still think hmm. that this summer location will be Florida. It just feels like uh, Florida's still easy. Oh, man, safe. I was really pulling for Myrtle Beach, man. <laughs> <laughs> we could have we could have finally made it to SummerSlam. Oh, uh, no. It's been so hard to... Because we've done Rumble, we've done Mania, and SummerSlam has always been West Coast. And even if it's Florida, dude, I think we should think about it. If it's close enough. I mean, SummerSlam, to mark off SummerSlam of the big four. Mm -hmm. Of big three, really. I mean, technically, if I were to say four, it'd be Survivor Series. Survivor Series, I think, is probably higher up than SummerSlam. Yeah. I think, didn't Survivor Series start before SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. Survivor Series started before SummerSlam, but I just... SummerSlam's the blockbuster. The summer blockbuster. It's It's the the midway... It's the fast and furious of, you know... It's like that midway point before... You know the second half of the year leading to yeah. WrestleMania. So, yeah, yeah, I would, I would love to do that. Ah, uh, that'd be great. So, but hey, WWE live events. I would say it's exciting. It's great, but you know, we've already discussed last week where fingers are kind of off the pulse of wrestling currently because it's just rough to watch. Yeah. But yeah, so that is the end of your nerdly news. We're going to step away for a quick break. More thirty nerdy podcast when we return. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T. S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, and it is time to celebrate. We are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of X-Men First Class. 10 whole years. 10 years since the drop of the first prequel, well, second prequel, because Origins 
Ugh, Fox nobody's, was so screwed up. No, yeah, nobody's really too sure what it is. Because it's like, it's a, it's a prequel? No. It's a reboot? No. no. It's a little bit of both. We're it's not a sure. requel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's X-Men First Class. Um, I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, but... You know, it, it played heavily on the generation of X-Men that I didn't grow up to because it was very 60s. These were the comics and the stories from the early era of the X-Men. I feel like it would have been better had it been like the actual young versions of the characters from the other movies. Like the actual first first class from from uh, Xavier's exactly. school, like Beast and Iceman and Marvel Girl and Cyclops mm-hmm. and what, like Angel? Angel? Uh, I think that's Emma it. Emma Frost? Emma, well, Kinda. she wasn't in the first uh, the first class of, because she was with the Hellfire Club. There so is an old VHS I still have called X-Men 85. It's a VHS tape of, it's, it's Kitty Pride's origin. And it was very similar to the '90s origin of the of G, of uh, Jubilee, very yeah, similar. Yeah. And Wolverine's Australian. Well, don't you know I'm Wolverine? Wow. That's weird. The Blob's in it, and Toad is not Toad. He's very normal in a gray suit, and he's just <laughs> jumping around. He's like a bad video game villain. Oh no! It's very weird. And, Magneto. And Magneto's in it. Um, Charles is in it. We see a lot of Danger Room. Uh, Colossus is is Colossus. You know, mm. there's not much you can differentiate from Colossus. Uh, but it's Kitty Pride's origin, and that is my first time seeing the first class. What I thought was the first class. Right. But then I went to learn learn that it, it was just a a one off movie, and they were just like, who could we play with as the early yeah. iteration and they wanted to use new characters yeah. they want to introduce uh you know new types of characters rather than just bringing in all the young ones we already knew yeah. so i get that aspect of it but i feel like we would have been more invested maybe had it been yeah. a real true prequel like absolutely early days of the of the school of young early Jean, storm young cyclops you know they screwed up the angel thing because he came in late on the original series but like young beast all that stuff uh but i mean we did get Young Beast, to be fair. We did. Uh, we did. So yeah, there's lots of good and bad things about it. If it's if you view it as a standalone movie, forget about the other ones that we grew up on. Hey, not so bad it's at all. Not so bad. Not not so bad. A lot of great things about it. Yeah. But when you try to connect it to the old ones, which there is clear efforts of them doing that, yet at the same time, clear disregard for certain things that they had established, which is so frustrating for me. And I remember being yeah. in the theater and seeing this movie 10 years ago, walking out thinking, wow, it was really cool, yeah. but they ruined this and they ruined that yeah. from the old movies. No so, continuity. Yeah, like, it's that's why I say, like, oh, it's a prequel? No, it's a reboot? No, it's both? Yeah. yeah. So, there it is. Yeah, uh, so obviously, we are going to break down X-Men First Class. We're going to give you a little information, our thoughts uh, fun stuff like that. So, what do you say we get this? Uh, Roland, this was released June 3rd of 2011, uh, 10 years ago this week. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. Directed by Matthew Vaughn, who directs Stardust, Kick Ass, 
and the Kingsman films, which I do enjoy. Mm, enjoy. I don't love the Kingsman really? movies. Really? Yeah. I like Kick-Ass and Stardust, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, not a big Kingsman guy. So the budget was between 140 and 160 million. Yeah, I think it was 140 after the tax cuts that they yeah. got. Yeah. Uh, but the box office made 353.6 million. So hey, it made money. It made some money. Made some made money. A bit of money. Uh, so why don't we uh, why don't we just talk about the plot? Sure. What do you say? Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you kick us off, Juice? Yeah. So we'll we'll break the story apart a little bit at a time, and when a new character is introduced, uh, we can stop and talk about that character and and then the uh, casting choice and all that good stuff and any other general thoughts that we had. So let's uh, start at the top here. It's 1944 at the Auschwitz concentration camp. Nazi officer Klaus Schmidt, played by the one and only Kevin Bacon. Witnesses young prisoner Eric Lyncher bend a metal gate with his mind upon being separated from his mother. Later on in his office, Schmidt orders Eric to move a coin on his desk. And when Eric is unable to do that, he shoots his mother right in front of him. In grief and anger, Eric's magnetic power manifests, killing two guards in a really brutal fashion. Yes. Destroying the room. Meanwhile, at a mansion in Westchester County, New York, a child telepath named Charles Xavier meets young shapeshifter Raven, whose natural form is blue-skinned and scaly. Overjoyed to meet someone different, like himself, he invites her to live with his family as his foster sister. Good to know that he had the, the ability to make that call. <laughs> yeah, where's mom and dad? <laughs> I would imagine that, that that conversation is like, Mom, Dad... She's living with us. Where is his uh, <laughs> stepbrother, uh, Juggernaut? Juggernaut. Yeah. What are you doing, Charlie? And even at a young age, Charles Xavier had a way with the ladies. He just met this chick and said, hey, you want to move in? She was like, yeah, sure. Last time I did that, it didn't turn out like that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You had to make that crack when I had water in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, this opening very very similar to the opening of yeah. the first X Men movie where we saw the same type of thing happen. You know, Eric... was this the same kid? No, not the same kid. Well, Looked I, think, alike. I did read somewhere that they used some of that stuff, but I went back and watched the two opening scenes to compare them, and I couldn't. I mean, they were totally different looking. Yeah. But the same thing happens. You know, he warps the gate when his parents get separated gets hit from him. the head by a guard. And we meet uh, Klaus Schmidt, uh, Mr. Kevin Bacon. He's a real fun guy. You know? <laughs> when I think German Nazi scientist, I think Kevin Bacon. Who doesn't? <laughs> That's the real question. But I thought that Kevin Bacon was incredible in this role. And I the agree. fact that he learned German. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Russian, Polish, Polish. He yeah. learned like three or four different he, languages. He was to play doing it all. Sebastian. So Kevin Bacon, you know, some some poor sap was walking around with nothing because Kevin Bacon's got it all. Yeah, exactly. That's what really happened. <laughs> they were like, we could cast someone who's authentically like German and maybe into the science community, but he wouldn't be Kevin Bacon. But we could do Kevin Bacon instead. <laughs> And join in on the whole Six Degrees thing. Like, our movie could be mentioned in the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed the brutal murder of these two. I didn't enjoy the brutal murder of Eric's mother. Yeah. I didn't enjoy that. But, that was like, sad. seeing him snap and just 
kill, Cru- take the helmets crush the crush the whole, the dudes. crush the walls, and like destroy everything. Like I enjoyed seeing that because throughout the movie, we get to play with you know Magneto's limit mm-hmm. and where that came from, mm-hmm. and Charles shows him a different way mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think it's a great kickoff of. Kevin Bacon's great, but uh, I, I initially didn't know a whole lot about Sebastian, again, because I didn't read a whole lot of Hellfire Club mm-hmm. yeah. stuff in the in the comics. So he, Sebastian Shaw, is his mutation is that he absorbs energy, uh, kinetic energy, and then he can, like, omit it back out. Mm-hmm. So the harder you hit him, the more powerful he gets, basically. Yeah. And the Hellfire Club, it, they're all these, you know, fancy mutants and and they want to take over the world through like political game which is a perfect to do this in the 60s and bring in the whole cuban missile crisis and all that stuff so all that stuff was great like a great touch they did really well with that doc kevin bacon was great uh great introduction to like magneto and xavier the tent poles of the entire x-men franchise you have to have the two of them Mm -hmm. to have this story at all and, you know, right away we see Magneto comes from these tragic origins, why yeah. he's so angry. Yeah. Uh, we see he's crazy powerful, even at an early age, right away. And then Xavier, we see his nature. Let privilege. me help you. And Let he comes me, from right. privilege, too. Exactly. Totally yeah. different backgrounds. But uh, we know, if you were even half an X-Men fan, that they stand based them on Malcolm X and MLK Jr. Yeah. How they both handled... Uh, civil rights Peaceful issues. protests work together, yeah. you know, take the abuse and, and be stronger and for smile it. smile and keep loving. Or, no, fight. we're going to fight back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So moving on, in 1962, flashing forward, uh, Eric, played by now Michael Fassbender, is tracking down Schmidt to avenge his mother, while an adult Xavier, played by James McAvoy, and adult Raven played by Jennifer Lawrence, celebrate Charles earning his doctorate from Oxford as professor of genetics. Uh, In Las Vegas, CIA officer Moira McTaggart, played by Rose Byrne, follows U.S. Army Colonel Henry uh, Hendry into the Hellfire Club, where she sees Schmidt, now Sebastian Shaw, with mutant telepath Emma Frost, played by January Jones. Cyclone-producing Riptide, played by Alex Gonzalez, and Teleporter Azazel, played by Jason Fleming. After being threatened by Shaw and teleported to the Joint War Room, Hendry advocates deploying nuclear missiles into Turkey. A lot of introductions. We get to meet the whole Hellfire Club. Uh, First one we meet, uh, obviously, in the Hellfire Club, is we meet Emma Frost. January Jones. Yeah. Who, um, who, 10 years ago, I would have said, could have been Sue Storm, also. Really? Possibly. Uh, at the I, time. Uh, okay. Could have been. Uh, not Wouldn't have been my check, my true choice, okay. but could have been. Um, we also met Azazel, who we know, as comic book fans, is, creates another mutant in the comics. Yeah. Uh, with Mystique. Yeah. Uh, one Nightcrawler. Yes. Uh, has the same abilities as Nightcrawler. Very similar. And a similar look. Similar look. But he's red. Jason Fleming. Uh, he was. Uh, did you see the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I did. He was Jekyll and Hyde. Ah. Oh. And also, did you see that Mark Wahlberg movie, Rockstar? I did. Okay. 
you know when Mark Wahlberg like they're the lead singer of the band that he's a big fan of like he leaves the band Get, and gives and then, him the mic and then he takes over yeah that was Jason Fleming as well wow yeah wow awesome uh, so we also meet Riptide uh, who creates Cyclones I would have called him Cyclone <laughs> to be honest <laughs> close to Cyclone maybe <laughs> I guess I guess uh, and of course uh, Schmidt, who is now going by Sebastian Shaw, which we as mutant fans and X Men fans know him better as Sebastian. Sebastian was actually in a video game, a PlayStation Two X Men arcade style game. Uh, X Men. The Nemesis one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gray hair, and he actually was dressed like a Sentinel. The character was, uh, but he had like purple and red on, but gray hair. Named Sebastian. Shaw. Yeah. Oh, it's probably is like colonial, like yes. Oh, yeah. That's probably yeah. what it was. Uh, we also meet characters uh, Moira McTaggart, uh, who is is very. This is one of the first things to me is different from the first X Men or the second X Two, because Moira McTaggart is not Scottish in X Two. Yeah, Moira. Or not British. She's a completely different. Moira is supposed to be. Like a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's an interesting choice to move her into this role as an American CIA officer. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked. And, it, like, I mean, who's to say that they can't do that because... She could have left the CIA to become a doctor. Sure. Well, that and, like, they reboot things and change things up all the time, you know? So, you know, I was okay with it. Uh, good way to bring in another character from the franchise well, and rose Byrne is, is oh, yeah. great in whatever she does yeah for sure great uh Sebastian shaw who now we know he's he's able to use his power to keep from aging mm-hmm. um yeah and then emma frost who i i felt like emma frost was a disappointment in this movie going back and watching it yeah i thought She's january dull. jones was very dull very, very dull. stale like there wasn't much to her um Emma Frost is like... But she was pretty. Yeah, she looked great. She looked the part for sure. Built but well. I, I guess I just wanted more. And she's a telepath, so I'm partial to the, the telepath characters. I thought her diamond form looked like garbage. At the time, I probably didn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, compared to what we have today, I thought it looked really clunky and awkward. Yeah. Um, looked more like a... Uh Xbox 360 video game graphic. Yeah. As opposed to like this is Hollywood technology. And or what maybe it should have been. Even like GameCube. Yeah. Maybe that's a little too harsh. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I really like Emma Frost, just not in this movie. And then also continuity thing, if we're keeping Wolverine <laughs> Origins as a part of the series, which who knows at this point if, if they were intending to keep that as canon or not, Emma Frost was already introduced and a in kid. that. As, and a, a kid, as a kid, yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. That took place in the 90s, right? Yeah. Well, I think it was just... Well, I guess it would have been, yeah. Before... She was uh, a kid in the 90s, but if you watch First Class, in the 60s, she's a, like 30 years old. Yeah. Terrible continuity. So, like, that's just a simple little thing. Like, if you're going to do Hellfire Club, you need to have Emma Frost. So. Agreed. So, um, but... Yeah, they could have done so much more with her because Emma Frost is a super, super powerful telepath. Like, when she's still working with the Hellfire Club in the comics, she creates her own school mm-hmm. and they have this group called uh, the Hellions, I think, mm-hmm. which I thought, like, 
wouldn't that make a great if they wanted to do an like an X Men like the teenagers the young kids of the mutants they could do like Cobra Kai style they could have the Hellions uh, versus the X Men you know they could see each other out and uh, yeah have like the Cobra Kai showdowns yeah and you know? uh, your 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 Danny's your Daniel son would be like Gene yeah. and your uh, alternate to him would be Emma. Like running the, mm-hmm. like Gene would run. Exactly. And Emma would, ooh. Yeah. Feige, listen. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen, Captain. We also meet the adult versions of Xavier. Oh and my Magneto. gosh, yeah. Michael Fassbender is Magneto. That. Fantastic casting. He was perfect. He was. I really thought he was great. Yeah, I, I could see him growing into McC- McKellen. Just as much as I could see James McAvoy definitely growing into yeah, Patrick Yeah, okay, so think about this. These two guys in 1962 are supposed to become, by 1999, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Now, 1962 to 1999 is 10, 20, 37 years, 38 years, 37, whatever. Yeah. Okay, I can accept that. That's believable. I can see McAvoy to Stewart. More than I can see. Really? Fastbender to McKellen. Because Fastbender. I could see the Magneto ones a better, certain, actually. They both have. Fastbender's eyes. Well, Fastbender's eyes are wider by nature, and McKellen's are more squinted. Yeah. I guess age could do that, That's too. That's probably it, too. Yeah. Um, and also, Jennifer Lawrence as Raven. Um, so. I'll just be the one to say it because I think you're thinking what I'm thinking. And, you know, like this is one of those things that you can get shredded for if enough people hear it. Yeah. I don't love Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I know I'm supposed to. I like her as Jennifer Lawrence in interviews. Yeah, she's... And her personality. She's very cute. She's someone I could see myself hanging out with and laughing with. Yeah. But wasn't a big fan of uh, Katniss because I didn't read the books. Is she a little overrated? Is what yeah, we're getting at, you know, I think she's I a think little so overrated. Like, Don't uh, cancel us, please. Please send your hate tweets to <laughs> at nerdyjd1. That's at nerdyjd1. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let the doc... It's okay. I'll take the eat. I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah... So it's, it, at this point, it's believable that they turn into Ian McCone and Patrick Stewart. It's acceptable, at least. Until we decide to do three sequels to this movie, and it's in the 90s right before this is supposed to happen, and it's still James McAvoy and Michael Fassman. Also, without sounding... Could you see J-Law growing into... Rebecca Romaine? Um, I could accept it. Okay. Hey, they're both blonde. What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so other cool things in this segment. Uh, we learned that Charles is a ladies' man with his his, his pickup little, lines. Uh, that's the, for you. The groovy. Uh, yeah. It's a groovy mutation. It's a groovy mutation, man. Uh, we learn, I think. Sebastian Shaw is the one who says that mutants, anytime they've shown up throughout history, have been killed off. The humans have killed them off. Yeah. Uh, Hence why he feels like we got to be preemptive here. We got to yeah. take all them out so we can take over. Which, yeah. of course, then he sort of passes along to Magneto. Yeah. 
uh, later on. Did you notice that the dude that plays Hendry always plays some kind of military guy, that yeah. actor? He was in Transformers. Who's also in Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan. Um, uh, what's the one with Affleck and Hartnett, Pearl Harbor? Mm. Playing the ex- and he also plays General Lang in Supergirl. Lana Lang's dad. God. Same character. He's always the same guy. It's the same character. I guess, yeah, you know, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. <laughs> That's true. And did you notice how the hidden door in the nightclub to get into the Hellfire Club was like really out in the open in front of everybody. Yeah. Like Morris sits down and hits a thing on a table. Like how many of the strippers accidentally hit that and <laughs> turn into the Hellfire Club and Sebastian Shaw's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe whoa, find whoa. a better door. <laughs> like imagine you're sitting at the bar and you just see this, whoa, 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 what the, did anyone else just see that? There's, there's a seat over there with a button and the woman disappeared. <laughs> no one believes me? Okay. Okay, watch this. Uh, Good moment. Good uh, moments. Again, I want to sort of give a shout out to whoever wrote the script uh, because uh, the whole Cuban Missile Crisis thing, Kevin Bacon telling the guy, hey, you need to put missiles in Turkey. That's what actually happened because Russia got mad at us. The Soviet Union got mad at us because we had missiles in Turkey and supposedly Italy. It was close. They didn't like that. They didn't like that. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so nice little touch there. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, continuity might be off, but script-wise, very historical actuality. Yeah. You know, very, right. very, very well written. So moving on. All right. So the next little segment: Mora seeks Xavier's advice on mutation because, after all, he did just get his degree in mm-hmm. genetics, right? He is and a doctor. He is a doctor. It's pretty groovy. Uh, but takes him and Raven to the CIA where they convince Director McCone that mutants exist and that Shaw is a threat. And we also got a little uh, yeah. William Stryker You're reference thinking about there. your son, Mr. Stryker. He's always involved somehow. Stryker mm-hmm. is an enemy to the people. Uh, another CIA officer, Oliver Platt, he's a good guy. He sponsors the mutants and invites them to the secret Division X facility. Moira and Xavier find Shaw just as Eric is also finding him and attacking him with a really cool sequence with a yacht and a big metal chain. We'll get to it. But Shaw escapes. Xavier brings Eric back to Division X where they meet a young Hank McCoy, played by Nicholas Holt. Uh, Hank believes that Raven's DNA may provide a cure for their appearance. Xavier uses Cerebro, a mutant locating device, to seek recruits against Shaw. They pick up Angel Salvador, also known as Tempest, which they never say in the movie. Yeah. Played by the lovely Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Armando Munoz, <laughs> Darwin, played by Eddie uh, Gathigi. Alex Summers, uh, also known as Havoc, played by Lucas Till. And Sean Cassidy, better known as Banshee, played by Caleb Landry-Jones. They got all those guys, but not Wolverine. But we do get to see him. We do get to see him, <laughs> They create nicknames as they bond together as a team, and then Raven, of course, dubs herself Mystique. Mm. And so Mystique is born. And then we also get the first mention of Professor X and Magneto. So Zoe Kravitz, we're about to see her in another comic book movie. She's going to be Catwoman, right? Yes. Exciting. 
I, uh, I enjoyed all of these scenes. These were my favorite moments of the movie. Going to find and recruit. And Oliver Platt even being in the movie. Oliver Platt is a comedic legend, and we don't talk enough about him. Lake Placid. Even as a serious character in 2012, he has some funny, quippy lines. And he's also... Did you, did you ever watch Tall Tales? The movie Tall Tales. I don't think so. It's got Paul Bunyan in it, played by Oliver Platt. Um, it's got Pecos Bill and John Henry mm. and stuff like that. And it's really cool. Really, really cool. Mm. But yeah, these scenes were my favorite. The recruitment of them, especially the cameo. Yeah. We got to see, sitting in a bar with a cigar in one hand and a glass in the other, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine just sitting in a bar. And they walk up behind him like, excuse me, we'd like to talk to you about. And he says, go F yourself. That's yeah, all we get. Like that. That's all we get out of him. It's like, all right, we're not going to get through to this guy. I wonder how much you got paid for that. Oh, gosh, more than you could imagine, I'm sure. I bet he got paid more for that than Banshee, Darwin, and Havoc all got paid for the movie. Oh, I would say so. Probably any of the any of the, the yeah. kids, any of the young any people. of the young people. Yeah, just for that little five ten could, second. Wonder if we could find that out somehow. Huh. I'm gonna look it up. Even with that little ten second, twelve second cameo, Hugh Jackman probably got a yacht. <laughs> At least. At least a yacht's worth of money. Uh, and we meet Hank McCoy, which is a lot of excitement because we know Hank McCoy. We love Hank McCoy, the Beast. Yeah. Uh, played by Nicholas Holt, who. Uh, warm bodies. Did you see that? I uh, did. I love that movie. It's good. He was also in the uh, Jack and Jack and the Giant Slayer yeah. or something like that. He yeah. was in Mad Max. He's done a lot of stuff. He really has here lately. Um, did you catch the Spider-Man reference? No. Okay, so he takes his shoes off and he shows them his beast feet, and yeah. he flips upside down onto the little uh, X-Jet model. Yeah. And he's hanging there. And uh, Mystique walks up to him, and he's upside down, almost like the upside-down kiss. kiss. She says, you're amazing. Rewind back to Spider-Man, 1999 or whenever it was, 2000. Mary Jane, Peter, same position. She says, you're amazing. Uh, yeah, That's definitely that's not by accident. Yeah, No, that's so, purposeful. Yeah. What did you think about these, these scenes? Oh, I loved it. I loved the meeting of Xavier and Magneto. This is why I love Magneto. The strength, the power that he has. With one hand, he just decimates that yacht. Taking the, the anchor and swinging it through, cutting it in half. Love that. The rage coming out. Love Magneto. Um, and then like Xavier jumping in to calm him down. Xavier just has such a calming presence. As far as the X-Men goes... Xavier is the Dumbledore, the Gandalf, all that stuff. When Xavier's around, I feel like everything's going to be okay, guys. You know? You've said that a lot. Yeah, that yeah. those characters are some of my favorites yeah. because I just feel like, you know, we got... Even when you're wa watching those moments, if those characters are up, I've never said this, but even watching things with you, if those characters are on TV, I can tell you're calmer. 
<laughs> there's this yeah. this piece. There's nothing to worry about. Even just watching your own Gandalf's it. here. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. Dumbledore's got this, guys. <laughs> uh, we got to see Shaw do the thing when Hendry had the grenade and he pulled the thing and absorbed it. That was really cool. I thought that looked great. Yeah, the the visual part of that was really good. Seeing Cerebro, I think, yeah. was that at this point? The early stages of Cerebro. Um, now, was this when he... Yeah, he, he started looking for him in Cerebro. So we got to see Storm and Cyclops. Mm -hmm. He caught a glimpse of them. And they made that joke about, oh, you sure we can't get you to shave your head? Oh, stay away from my hair. Mm -hmm. You know, Another little nod to him being Blue, Xavier being later bald, on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great moments. Uh, fantastic character introductions. Strong performances, even from uh, like uh, Darwin. Uh, that actor, no matter what he's in, he, he always hones in his performance. It's in his face. The only thing especially. I know him from is Twilight. He was in really? he was in at least the first. I haven't seen all the Twilights. Yeah. But he was definitely in the first one. He was, yeah, he was one Laurent. of the, Yeah. Yeah. He was Laurent. Yeah. Did good there. I mean, I'm not a huge Twilight fan, but uh, Laurent's scenes were really strong. Sure. Uh, I don't remember much about it. And him. a lot of that is because of uh, Eddie's... Uh, performance havoc the introduction of havoc if you are even half a fan you know that havoc is cyclops's brother mm -hmm. uh alex summers and in all honesty whoever wouldn't whenever we get to the guy who plays scott young scott they could be brothers they cast him well. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that. They cast him well as brothers. Yeah. Uh, but I've never been a huge fan of Havoc. I read that this guy also was reading for for Beast, and he told him, he's pretty bold, he said, if I get Beast, I'm not going to be in the movie because I refuse to do all that makeup. And they cast him and as... cast him. Yeah. I, I mean, mean... That may okay. not have been his tone. We have you know, both but... directed yeah. stage productions. I will say there was a story, and I'm going to tell it. Uh, I'm directing High School Musical, and a, a girl uh, auditions for the part of Gabriella. And not to sound uh, too cruel, she did not sound or look or would be able to portray Gabriella. But she said, it's Gabriella or nothing. I will not be Taylor, I will not be Ensemble, it is Gabriella or nothing. Part of me really respected that, the honesty. And you got a right to but do that. But then part of me was like, who do you think you are? Yeah. So I respect him for saying that, but I can't say as a director I wouldn't have held it against him. I've been like, all right, listen here, jerk. Yeah, I don't know. You want to be in it? I'm sure that wasn't his tone, but I mean, I did just read that. So. Yeah. I would imagine it was more of a, I really don't. I'm sure the makeup wasn't fun, though. Don't, be, I really don't want to do all the makeup. Yeah. So thank you for letting me read his beast, but I really am not about that life. I'm going to decline that. Yeah. So we are going to get further into the movie, but we're going to step away, uh, let you hear a nice pod promo, and we will be back with more 30 Nerdy Podcasts celebrating 10 years of X-Men first class. 
Hey everybody, this is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms & Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back, nerds. Hey. Long time no see. Long time no see. We are talking and celebrating X-Men First Class 10 years of the requel movie whatever it is whatever it is uh and we were breaking down the movie talking opinions talking casting and fun little unknown things while we're at it so let's get back to it juice all right so continuing on with the story xavier and eric capture emma frost who is using her telepathy to manipulate a soviet general they discover shaw's plans to start world war three Azazel, Riptide, and Shaw attack Division X, killing everyone but the mutants whom Shaw invites to join them. Angel accepts, but Dark... When I say Angel, I mean Angel Salvador. Yeah, I just shortened the it. character uh, Angel. But in the comics, she goes by... Uh, what was it? Uh, she goes by... She's a really new character. Yeah, uh, so she goes know. by Tempest. Tempest, yeah, they never I say I would have called her Pixie. Because those wings were not angel I think wings. There's already a pixie. Those wings were fairy wings. Yeah, maybe she, she should have been fairy. Fairy or fae. Doesn't sound very intimidating though, does yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Angel accepts, but Darwin is killed by Shaw when he and Havoc try to retaliate. Shaw then compels the general to install missiles in Cuba. Wearing a helmet that blocks telepathy, Shaw follows the Soviet fleet in a submarine to ensure the missiles break the U.S. blockade. So, Darwin didn't last long. No, couldn't adapt to that. <laughs> and it's such an intense scene. Because Havoc tries to kill Shaw, blasts him, and he does his little containment thing. And absorbs it and just kind of... It's almost like a, 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 a Dementor's kiss that he does to Darwin. He just kind of blows a little bit of the energy into yeah, his mouth. like it was nothing. Just like effortlessly. Just, yeah. And... Kills him, and we we lose Angel as well. Angel's immediately just like, well, okay, I'll be a bad guy. Sure, why not? Yeah, it was real easy for her. Maybe because she saw that they just massacred all these dudes, no problem. And yeah. she's probably someone who, I mean, you know, we don't know if it was by choice or not, but she was working in a strip club. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's fair to say that she's probably had some rough times in yeah. her life you know and this is a chance for her to have some power yeah so i guess it makes sense from that standpoint but it did happen pretty fast like we didn't even get to see her thinking about it it was like okay yeah um and there was just like a very quick death of oliver platt's character oh yeah, yeah. dropped from the Zazel grabs him teleports up into the sky drops them all like five cia agents died that way just kerplunk Kerplunk. Ah, Kerplunk. Ah, uh, so we really get to see Azazel the cruelty. Because that's a... That's a... A bold way to kill someone. 
<laughs> Way to send a message. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, great moments in this. Uh, death of Darwin was big because it upped the stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were like, oh, wow, he killed him. He's not afraid to kill a fellow mutant. He's not afraid to kill a young guy. And he means business. He's not afraid of So, anything. good villain. Oh, they, yeah. they have given us our... It's kind of like we always talk about, you, Rev, and myself, whether it's wrestling, whether... Good villains. When you take the time to build that good villain, the payoff's great down the road. Yeah. And the stakes are high. And Kevin Bacon just sort of gave him this kind of swagger, mm. you know, like... He kind of reminded me of like Hugh Hefner, like yeah. villainous Hugh Hefner. Or yeah, yeah. This was a a great part of the movie. This is when we got like after the death of Darwin and everything. Xavier's trying to send them all home, and they're like, "No, we're gonna stay. We're gonna fight." Yeah. And he says, "I got. Well, we're gonna train." So they have all this the training montage. And we had a lot of cool moments in there. Like we see the what later becomes that hallway to the dangers, uh, the danger room mm-hmm. and Cerebro and all that stuff in the mansion. Totally makes sense that that would be a bomb shelter. Yeah. You know, it, during yeah. this time. That makes sense. Uh, is it just me or did did Hank like cop a fill on the mannequin in the Havoc part? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? He's holding it. Yeah. They're setting the mannequin up. It's Charles and Hank and they're doing the thing where they stand next to the mannequin so he's yeah. forced to shoot precisely yeah. at the mannequin beast cops a straight up cops a feel yeah. on that well, mannequin. straight up a number five why? from umbrella he's, why is he doing that he's a uh... <laughs> it's like number five. yeah dolores wow <laughs> um it was a great scene though because it was also kind of funny though to see havoc use his power because it looks like he's hula hooping it does to control it does look like <laughs> he's just Ugh. we had a lot of great uh xavier and eric moments like he teaches uh, Eric the thing about rage and serenity. Like, the peak of your power lies somewhere between your rage and a sense of serenity. So, mm-hmm. like, he shows him, yeah, you have some horrific memories of, like, being in, in Auschwitz and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but there's good things here, too. Like, Think of your mother. He shows him, like, his mom before all that stuff. So, finding that in-between spot is going to give him the real sweet spot to his power. He moves this massive dish, this massive satellite yeah. dish. Yeah. Imagine you live in the area, and that's your cable dish or whatever. Oh no! And you're just like watching like the epitome of like Survivor or something, and all of a sudden you're like, "What?" Oh, even what better! The like it's the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, so you're just you're, watching the news. Kids are being taught to hide under their desks at school. It's like maybe we should keep up with what's going on in the world. Let's watch <laughs> the TV. Signal guys. goes out. What? Magneto's at it again. It's just <laughs> I got it. I did it, Charles. Magneto's the worst neighbor we've ever had. Thousands of people lose their TV signal, but he he had a great moment. <laughs> we also got the iconic uh, playing chess. Yeah, they're playing chess they at the Lincoln chess Memorial, together. and you know it's like that that battle of of the minds. You yeah, know? they I, I love all the Xavier and and Magneto stuff in um, every movie. And mirroring that from the original movies was a good a good touch. Yes, it uh, was. one of my favorite Magneto quotes from this movie. Peace was never an option. That sums up Magneto basically to a T right there. From what we know about him in the future and his plans for humans and, and mutant supremacy and all that stuff, mm-hmm. peace was never an option. No. So I loved that. Uh, beyond that, why didn't why didn't Shaw just have Emma Frost get into the president's head to fire the missiles just because? 
because he is arrogant. Because he is arrogant, guess, and he loves to—he loves yeah. to be the puppet master. And if you're a puppet master, it's not a quick game to be the Godfather. Like at no, at, at any moment, Don Corleone could have had everyone killed. Sure, but he didn't. He wanted to play the game. There's an arrogance and a at playing the game. And Sebastian loved playing the And that's game. sort of the Hellfire Club's thing, too. Like, influencing mm-hmm. politics and, and money and all that stuff. So, yeah. sort of their signature. And I think it was in this section that uh, Shaw said the thing about how the mutants are the children of the atom. They were born from radiation. And that... So, they'll be fine. Yeah. We'll they'll be fine serve. in the nuclear exactly. war. Yeah. We'll be the, the new leaders of whatever's after. Exactly. Very much also kind of Age of Ultron. Yep. Ultron's very like I'll survive. There's only so many different conflicts that any given story can have. So, especially in superhero movies like you're going to see repeated recurring conflicts like yeah. that. Nuclear so, war. Yeah. We'll survive. Let's blow the hell We're going to we're going to be, you know, the supreme beings. Yeah. We're going to take over whatever. You say nuclear war, I say new world, let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) So, moving on. Mystique tries to convince Beast not to take his cure. He tells her that their appearances will never be accepted as beautiful. Mystique then tries to seduce Eric by taking the forms of various women, one of them being original Mystique Mm. from X1, 2, and 3. Right. Uh, and we get the new favorite meme that everybody uses. I want to see this. No, the real this. No, I mean the real this. Perfection. Um, so, but he explains that she is beautiful in her natural form. Hank uses the cure on himself, but it backfires and enhances his mutation, giving him blue fur. Beast then pilots the team in the X-Jet to the blockade line. Xavier uses his telepathy to influence a Soviet sailor to destroy the ship carrying the missiles, and Eric pulls Shaw's submarine out of the water. Once Eric is able to see Shaw's helmet, Xavier freezes him. Despite Xavier's objections, Eric avenges his mother by killing Shaw with the Nazi coin given to him as a child, bringing it full circle from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, such a satisfying ending to that story. Such a great death for Shaw. And he even counted, you know, he counted with the gun on his mom. Like, when you count to three, he counted as that coin went into his head, too. It was perfect. And the helmet. Yes. The helmet. This is the origin of Magneto's helmet. Yeah, yeah. He even puts it on. And at that moment, he is done being Eric. I always talk about those moments in in movies or TV shows where you get that, You feel something, right? We live for that. I remember seeing in the theaters when he put that helmet on. He's like, oh, sorry, Charles, whatever. And he puts the helmet on. I was like, that's it. (laughs) So, yeah, love all that stuff. Uh, So we're we're at the crunch time. We're at the blockade. And I, I could imagine this is pretty historically accurate. It is. Okay, so now JFK would have called it a quarantine, not a blockade, because... A blockade is an act of aggression. It's a sign of like, hey, we're at war. So you say, no, it's a quarantine because we're not going to allow any more Cuba, uh, 
Cuba had already reached out to Russia to get help because they were afraid of the U.S. because the U.S. had sort of funded this whole uh, potential takeover of Cuba, the Bay of Pigs. Yeah. So they were like, all right, well, this isn't good, so we need help from the Soviets. So they had missiles set up that they were building in Cuba. U.S. found out, said, no, that ain't going to fly. They put the quarantine up to keep any more things coming in, and they said, okay, if the Soviets cross the line, it's on. Yeah. Right? And we know quite a bit about quarantine over the past <laughs> year. <laughs> uh, fun historical fact. I, uh, to, to, to peel back the curtain a little bit, born and raised Catholic, so was JFK. JFK was our first, and until mm-hmm. now, only Catholic president. Yes, he was. Anu- and I'm a huge fan of JFK, and historically learned a lot about JFK. Did you know that the Bay of Pigs, all that stuff, was really hurting his approval rating? Think of it that way. But the minute he came on national TV and said, I'm sorry. That was my fault. I take full credit, full responsibility. I made a mistake. I am incredibly sorry to them. His approval rating shot through the roof because they're like, he's honest. Which is also probably for the best because that probably led him to not make such a hasty decision because his people were telling him, we need to... We yeah. need to strike on Cuba. We need to go bomb yeah. Cuba. And he was like, eh, let's see if we I can come up with I made a mistake once. Because if he had done that, that's materials and resources owned by the Soviets. Cuba and the Soviets are together. That would have been World it. War III. You know, there were so many times where we would have never happened because the world would have probably ended, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, and, and having that tension in the movie, pulling it in, back into this world, such a great touch. So that's one of my favorite things about it. Other than young Magneto and young Xavier and their whole relationship, yeah. all that character stuff with them, my next favorite thing is all the Cuban Missile Crisis, yeah, the, the history. historic stuff. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. It's great, and we get to see Magneto used what Charles taught him, though, to pull the whole submarine out. He didn't use his rage. He used peace at first. He mm. was just... And just effortlessly pulled the submarine out, sat it down, opened her up, and then we get that epic scene with the coin. We uh, glossed over a little bit uh, the mystique trying to seduce Magneto. I didn't like that. I didn't either. But it it did kind of give us a little bit why their relationship is the way it is in the original. Right. And it makes sense for her to not only be that way with him, but to like go with him in the end because, you know, like think about all the times that Xavier, when she's in her blue form, he's like, Oh, what are you doing? Why are you looking like that? You know? And she, he's like, uh, she says, Oh, would you date me? He's like, of course I would. You're, you're a knockout. You're so beautiful. She's like, no, like this in in the blue form. He's like, Oh, his tone changes. It's almost kind of like he looks at her as naked. Yeah. That way. Like, oh, this it's very clear that he's uncomfortable with her in her natural form. He's, like, uneasy about it. But then teaches his mutants right. to be proud of their gifts. And then even Beast, he's like, oh, well, you're beautiful now, but the way we look, no one's ever going to think that. So she's hearing that all the time. And then there's this other guy saying, no, you're beautiful the way you yeah. are. Of course, what's she going to do? She's going to go with go the with guy him. who compliments her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I... I feel you, Mystique. You do you, girl. Hey, you are beautiful blue. Yeah. I think she's very beautiful blue. Uh, no matter if it's Rebecca or J-Law. Yeah. Beautiful in the blue. I love it. So, let's close it out. 
Fearing the mutants, both fleets, the Soviets and the United States, fire missiles at them, but Eric turns them all back on them. Mora tries to stop Eric by shooting him, but he deflects the bullets, one of which hits Xavier in the spine. Another continuity thing to talk about. Yeah. This distracts Eric and allows the missiles to fall harmlessly into the ocean. Xavier and Eric part ways due to their differing views on the relationship between mutants and humans. Eric leaves with Angel, Azazel, Riptide, and Mystique. Later, a wheelchair-bound Xavier intends to open a school for mutants at his mansion. Mora promises never to reveal the location of Xavier and the mutants, but Xavier still erases her memory during a kiss. Finally, Eric frees Emma Frost from confinement and calls himself Magneto. He he he. Uh, so let's touch in. on the continuity error first. Oh, okay. So this is a continuity error when you are connecting it to the previous films because at the beginning of X3 when uh, Magneto and Xavier go to pick up Jean Grey and meet her for the first time as a little girl, Xavier is walking. Yeah. Okay. And now in the comics, I believe that the whole wheelchair thing happened because he had a battle with the the Shadow King in the astral plane or mm -hmm. something, and that damaged his legs or his, his spine. Neuro, damaged his neuro pathways. Something, yeah. So that was, you know, and you know they didn't want to get into all that, so I get it. Um, but again, like, as an audience member who is a fan of the previous movies, sitting in the theater seeing that, I'm like, now wait a minute. He's walking in X3, and it's 1987? I don't know. When they find I Gene, I think. I, I think remember. it says, like... Because they find Gene 10 years before... Or 20 years before the events of X1. Is what... Because at the beginning of X3, it's like 20 years ago. Sure, yeah. And it's Magneto and Xavier introducing themselves to Gene. Mm -hmm. And so that's 20 years before the year 2000. So it's like 1980 something and he's walking just fine but this is 19 what 63 62 62 1962 it's right before and he's paralyzed by the bullet yeah. and in a wheelchair at the end of this continuity big error yeah big yep. issue so all that stuff was running through my mind when this happened do you think and i'm going to play devil's advocate okay for x first class do you think First Class was supposed to be a full reboot and, like, nobody from the originals is ready to continue the story? So let's reboot it, start with this First Class, tell his own story about paralysis, has nothing to do. But we saw Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So, and I, and I can even get that. I can even get, like, even if it is a reboot, I would still want Hugh Jackman to be my Wolverine as well. Even if we are rebooting the franchise. And it is also a nod. Do you think then they were like, okay, some of them do want to still play, so let's do Days of Future Past. And we should have stopped right there. Yeah. That should have been it because they sort of correct Fixed. things in the end. Yeah. And I remember feeling like really resolved after that. Like, okay, great. Everything's good because I don't know if you know this, folks. <laughs> If you've heard me talk before, you've heard me say, like, I'm very OCD, okay? And when things like this happen, I sort of dwell on it. Like, like you left that you left that undone. You left that unfixed, guys. What are you doing here? You're unresolved. Uh, and 
you know, I remember leaving Days of Future Past. Like, okay, I can accept all this. Because yeah. didn't we even see, like, Gene and Beast and yeah, Charles alive. and all of them in the end? Like, Kelsey oh, Grammer's Beast. Jane was alive and yeah. not Phoenix. And we should have stopped Scott right there. Scott was back. That should have been the end. People would have looked back on these movies, the first class series, I think, much more fondly yeah. had it not been for the final two. Apocalypse and... Oh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Rough. Real rough, rough, guys. But other than that, other than the continuity issues, this, fin- this final act, this final scene, uh, we get Magneto in its in his his debut, quote-unquote. The, um, the birth, I guess, of the Brotherhood. Because uh, he, he does, even though, he, he without saying it verbatim, he basically says, I had to kill Shaw, but he's not wrong. We are better than them. Mm-hmm. And we are the future, Charles. And I love... Uh, we get the, the, the adage that Mystique kind of builds. Mutant and, and proud. proud. Remember, Beast? Mutant and proud. Mm-hmm. So there's somewhat also of a... I, I found myself going, Good for you. You know what? I'm a human, and you probably hate me. Magneto would probably hate me as a, as a as a human and think that he couldn't trust me and that he should be over me. I should be a slave to him. But I would look at him and go, good for you, Magneto. You got your revenge. You killed the jerk who killed your mom. And you know what? We are jerks to you. Why stop there? Why stop there? I might be a normal average day Joe, but... I want to help you out here, big guy. I mean, I'm not really big on the whole killing people, but I do get I get your side. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, you know, Xavier's right too. You know, a peaceful route's a good way to go as well. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough, and I think that's been my biggest tough spot with the X-Men is I don't necessarily agree or disagree with both sides. Magneto or Charles. Kind of like, I don't... Well, obviously, we're meant to lean on the Xavier side of things. That's that's the right answer. But sometimes when you are peaceful for so long and nothing changes and no one hears you... (sighs) It's hard. It leads to, you know, more. Frustration. Yeah, it leads to other things, which we've, you know... Art imitates life. You know, we've seen this in real life. Uh, which is, you know, thinking back to this time, civil rights and yeah. segregation and all that stuff, which is really what this draws from. Yeah, I mean, this was all based off of social injustice. Yeah. The creation of the X-Men was yeah. Stanley saying, you know, these are people who are the same as you and me, but deemed as dangerous and different. And it's about letting your freak flag fly and, and embracing, and we should be peaceful and embrace each other especially for our differences. And I think that's why I really love the X-Men. They are my favorite part of Marvel. They're my favorite faction. They're my favorite stories that under the Marvel banner always have been. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, people are different, but by God, you should love them and you should embrace them. Yeah. Because of their differences. Yeah. Not in spite of their differences, but because of their differences, you should love and embrace them. Yeah. And that's why I've always... Because everyone is worthy of that, yeah. at least. So I've always tried to kind of use my nerd 
knowledge of, of the X-Men to how I treat people. See, Mom, you can learn lessons yeah. from the X-Men all those, comic books. All those, all those Saturday mornings getting me up at 6 a.m. with waffles, watching the X-Men cartoons. I learned something, Mom. Yeah. I learned something. And it was to be inclusive of all. So we are finished with X-Men uh, First Class. Overall, out of ten. Eesh. What do you give it? I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a strong six. A six plus, we'll say. Okay. Uh, not quite to a seven. So a 6.4. Shit, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. go with that. A 6.4 because it's great. It's entertaining. Cast, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the effects, pretty good. My only real uh, gripe was I didn't think that Emma Frost looked too good. And her performance also I thought was a little, eh. Um, but you know the story, mm-hmm. minus the continuity, great. So I would agree. Yeah. I, I, I think a, a solid six point four is good. Um, I would even maybe be a little more apt to give it a seven out of ten uh, because the continuity is a big thing for me. But uh, with especially pre-MCU, now with these, these X-Men movies and the, the Fox franchise and early MCU, I take them uh, with a grain of salt. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 7 just for just for, for shits and gigs because... And maybe because we now, like in hindsight, having MCU, kind of like what you're saying, it changes the perspective of everything that came before it. Yeah. It changes the way you feel about it and the way you view it yeah. and, and all that. So I think had this been pre-MCU, well, technically MCU had started, but it was still, you know, before it they really, really, really yeah. kicked in. So, you know, I might have, I probably liked it a lot more when I saw it the first time mm-hmm. than the way I feel about it now all these years later. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to stick with my 6.4. Okay. I like it. I like it. What do you all think? Have you seen it? Do you enjoy it? Do you dislike it? What are your What are your qualms? Well, if you haven't seen it, you don't need to know because yeah. we just told you the whole thing. We just took you the entire plot. Like, why sit down and watch it when you've got the Thirty and Nerdy podcast telling you all about it, and not just telling you all about the plot, but casting things and, and Easter eggs? We spoil you. We do. We do. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Thirty and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this episode as well as the entire show on podchaser.com. If you're listening to us uh, on a podcast platform that allows you to leave a rating and review, hit that five-star button. And hit that subscribe so that you stay up to date with all things 30 and 30 Podcast. If you're following us on YouTube, hit that, that, that doorbell logo, the little bell, so that you get a, 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 a hey, something's up. Something from 30 Nerdies here. So, also, don't forget, patreon.com slash badcastcompany. Big contest going on. Big big fun games going on. If we get up to ten patrons, we're going to create a Patreon-exclusive show for you, the patrons, the people of our patron community. Follow us, like us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all over the social medias, all over the interwebs. Juice, any final words for the nerds? I made a Twitter. I promised I would. It's going to be at NerdyJD1. 
please go follow me. I don't do a lot of the socials, but uh, I'd love to interact with, with you fine folks. So hit me up. Especially with any hate. If you have disagreements. How dare you not love Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> How dare... I think that January's performance was, was so much better than Fassbender's. It's like Aaron Eckhart's performance in The Dark Knight. Oh, my... <laughs> Give January an Oscar. It was a beautiful performance. You didn't like January, Jones. You should be boiled in oil and have your fat <laughs> sold for, for soap. Let him know. Let him know on Twitter. And for the doctor himself, I'm Tyler Mack. Thank you, nerds. Cheers to you. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Join in on the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apocalypse and Pod Nation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or find us at 30andnerdypodcast.com. This has been the 30andnerdypodcast. Cheers to you, nerds. Nerds.